So, in short, Islam has a very clear-cut view when it comes to sexual harassment. Anything that makes a woman uncomfortable, that comes up as sexual harassment, okay? If you talk to her in a vulgar manner and she's uncomfortable or offended, then obviously that is harassment. If you stalk her, if you follow her, if you watch her, if you try to call her and tell her, oh, do you want to be my friend? Take a hint, man. She doesn't want to. Get off her back. This is harassment, okay? I don't care what other countries are trying to do, justifying different forms of harassment or blaming the women that, oh, you're so conservative. You know, all the man was doing was, you know, sending you a friendly message. You know what? Not everybody is in the mood to be friends with everybody at every point. You just tell me if somebody suddenly comes on to you, you're not in the mood to entertain that person. So what? Are you just going to, you know, just take it, endure it and say, oh yeah, you know, because it is la politesse of the society, so I have to work with it. No, there's no such thing. These things were ingrained in us in order to subdue us. Okay. Islam has no reason to subdue us in such matters. If anything, Islam tells us that we are free to assert ourselves. We are free to tell somebody to stop invasion of our privacy. We are free to stop somebody from slandering us or defaming us or fabricating news about anybody. In fact, there is a very, very harsh saying, you know, there is a hadith of the Prophet that anybody who slanders or defames another person, in this case, obviously, he was talking about the Muslims because his connection was with the Muslims. So he was like, any Muslim who defames or slanders another Muslim, even if it is the truth, Allah will expose that person in such an embarrassing manner publicly in front of the whole world in the hereafter, even about those things that you have done in secrecy. So in other words, if you're set out to embarrassing another person, God will set out to embarrass you. You're not in this world to please other people, not at your expense, okay? And not at God's expense, not at his law's expense, in other words. Okay, if you're uncomfortable with something, you have the right to walk away from that thing and you have the right to tell the other person that, that person is making you uncomfortable. If that person suddenly feels embarrassed or awkward or offended by the fact that he made you uncomfortable, well, that's his problem, not yours. Okay, that is why in Islam, we the importance of upbringing both boys and girls is stressed in a way as equals. You know, you will never see hadith where they will say, teach your boys this, but teach your girls this. No, every single hadith or every single Quranic ayat that is related to the upbringing of your children refers to both genders. Always, always equally, you know, teach your children sports, teach your children horse riding, teach your children swimming, teach your children archery so that they could learn the mind-body coordination, so that they could learn to sharpen their minds, so that they could learn to focus, so that they could learn to have healthy bodies. I mean, come on. Where was it ever written, teach your girls this and teach your boys this? No, nowhere. And you know what? The Prophet had so many wives, but have you ever heard about how his wives stitched up his clothes or fixed his shoes or made him food? Have you ever heard of such things? We've always heard of the fact that the Prophet fixed all his things himself. If he had to mend his clothes, he did it himself. If he had to mend his shoes, he did it himself. If he, he even took care of his children, you know, with Hazrat Khatija. When he had children with Hazrat Khatija, he took care of his children with her. 
and he was such a loyal man that if he was not a prophet or if he was not ordered to marry more than once in order to show the muslim ummah the different ways you can get married to the different people you can get married to and the different conditions in which you can get married he would never have married after the death of hazrat khadija we all know that because we all know that he refused to get married for quite some time and that he was literally convinced to get married again so that he could focus on his prophethood and have somebody to help him take care of the house but again he never expected his wife to take care of the house he did everything that he could on his own and nowadays when men you know when they do things on their own they act so self righteous and they act as if you know they pata nahi kahan se utke aa gaye hain kis duniya se utke aa gaye hain you know they like they are these glorified human beings who should be you know unke aage sajda karna chahiye ki bhai ha ji aajkal ye mard jo hai kitne aala hain ki apna kaam khud karte hain bhai you are not any more superior than the prophet you're not any better than the prophet if the prophet being a prophet being the most beloved man on earth being god's best friend being the closest person to god ever if that man did everything himself what's wrong with you people are you telling me that you're actually superior than him is that what you're trying to tell you're trying to tell us that you're actually better than the prophet right because oh you know bahut हमारे सर पे एहसान किया है अपना काम खुद करके दिस इज वेर यू नो यूर ब्रेन वॉश्ड विद योर पेगन कल्चर दिस इज वाई आई हैव अ प्रॉब्लम विद आर पीपल वेन दे मिक्स कल्चर विद रिलीजन बिकॉज इस्लाम केम टू ब्रेक कल्चर्स एंड ट्रेडिशंस दे केम टू ब्रेक दोज चेंज टू लेट पीपल फ्री टू थिंक फॉर दम सेल्स यू नो I mean the first thing that God did in the Quran in Surah Al-Baqarah was he mocked the human being for following their ancestors blindly. I mean seriously, he just mocked you on the exact same issue of following your ancestors blindly, you know, on following your culture, prioritizing your culture without even thinking, without even stopping to think ke kya ye sahi hai? I mean is it right? Is it is it really working for us? Is it justified? no because our ancestors did we have a very rich culture so we're just going to blindly follow it you know to hell with everything else i mean god just literally mocked you for this and yet you're doing the exact same thing even today and you call yourselves enlightened if you're enlightened act like it talk like it think like it you cannot profess yourselves to be muslims when you're not even following the most basics of islam seriously i mean no wonder people have a problem with us it's because we claim to be you know enlightened people we claim to islam is this islam is that but show it as the prophet said don't preach it practice it we are not here to preach others to come to islam we are here to practice islam the right way so that others could be impressed enough that they might actually want to know about our practices but i'm sorry to say we are not हम इस काबिल ही नहीं है इस वक्त कि हम किसी और के सामने ये कह सके कि हाँ जी ये इस्लाम है हम बड़े आला लोग हैं और हम बड़ा आला दीन है हमारा और तुम फॉलो करो हम इस काबिल ही नहीं है आई मीन हमारे मर्द जो है वो इतने बेगैरत है सॉरी टू से आई मीन इट इज अ फैक्ट बट वी हैव टू से इट हमारे मर्द इतने बेगैरत हैं 
आई मीन आजकल इनके जहन में ये है कि जो गंद गलाजत जो वेस्टर्नाइज सिविलाइजेशन का जो गलाजत है ना वो हम उसको अपने अपना लेंगे और हम मॉडर्न हो जाएंगे हम वेस्टर्नाइज हो जाएंगे एंड लो जी ये इक्वालिटी आ गई है औरतों के साथ बदतमीजी करना औरतों के साथ बेहुदा बातें करना औरतों के को ऑफेंड करना उनको प्रोवोक करना और फिर उनके साथ जो है ना हाथापाई करना आई मीन यू नो देर वॉज अ टाइम एंड वी देर इज अ रीजन एक्चुअली वाई दोज टाइम्स वी टू सेग्रीगेट पीपल ऑफ सोशो इकोनॉमिक क्लास इट वॉज मेनली बिकॉज ऑफ द बिहेवियर बिकॉज योर सोशो इकोनॉमिक क्लास डिफाइंड योर एटीट्यूड टूवर्ड्स लाइफ एंड योर बिहेवियर टूवर्ड्स लाइफ एंड दैट इज वाई सेग्रीगेशन बेसिकली बिगैन एंड दैट इज वाई क्लासेज इन अ वे डिवाइडेड where you know people of a certain class would not really mix and mingle with people of another class although we always looked down on it and islam does not accept it or encourage it but i mean okay so here you go now now would you like to follow islam where they say that you know you cannot treat each other differently because of your socio economic class or because of your caste or because of your uh, you know whatever it is that you 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 do in your society or whatever it is that however you tend to live or whatever jobs you take okay so we're not supposed to discriminate each other on any basis but this is a fact that our socio economic background defines our attitude towards life especially in countries like ours where there is this disparity you know there is this vast difference between each class based on their socio economic background and on and because of that on their behavior so that is why you tend to see that people who are from extremely lower classes i mean you know from poverty when they suddenly rise and they have a lot of money their attitude towards life still hasn't changed you see it in the way they spend their money or in the way they make their money or in the way they talk to others or in, and one of the most common things in our countries especially is when you see that people suddenly when they when they become nouveau riche you know there is a reason why we call them nouveau riche okay so the newly rich people who suddenly come into money and they start looking down on people of their own village or of their own class or you know the class which they used to belong to instead of learning empathy they become more apathetic towards people of their own previous social background they treat them even more badly than those people who are already of a different socio economic class and the way we treat each other based on our socio economic background then begins to enlighten us you know it, it begins to make us understand of the the importance and the importance why is why islam lays an importance where it tries its best that everybody should be as close as possible to each other both in in social as well as economic backgrounds why because the more the disparity the more the problems arise the more the misunderstandings arise and the more there is class divisions which is what islam does not like or encourage but our way of thinking in our country especially in countries like ours our way of thinking is largely dependent on our class and our background and that is where things can go wrong so the reason why our men are the way they are is because we have more and more people who have suddenly come into money 
And so they've come into money, but they haven't learned the etiquette or the manners. And the majority of our people actually don't even know the Kalma. So if they don't even know the Kalma, how do you expect them to actually know Islam? You have to teach them basics of Islam and what is the basics of Islam, and that is how to be a good human being, how to observe mannerisms, how to observe etiquette, how to learn to be considerate of others, how to understand that there is always a private space that you need to respect, how to understand about hygiene, how to understand about how you should change your way of thinking, how to understand that to have a small mind is actually harmful, not only to yourself, but to others. And these are all basic mannerisms and etiquette, which obviously you do not expect people who have come from extreme poverty to know, because when they were living in poverty, their only focus in life was surviving. Okay, they didn't have time. To them, all this was a luxury. To them, learning even the basics of how to be a good human being was a luxury. So now that they have come up from there after earning a lot and making some wealth, now they've, they're, they're sort of, how do we say, they are at a disadvantage once again because they do not know or understand the importance of these basic mannerisms that come with being a good human being that Islam stresses on. And this is where the society or the government, you know, they, they need to play their part. This is why in Islam education is important, not just important, it's an obligation. And again, note in Islam, it's not, it's never said that education is an obligation for man. No, education is an obligation for every Muslim man and woman. It's as clear, black and white. If you do not educate your sons, how would you expect your daughters to have good lives in the future? We're so busy ingraining our daughters and our sons with, again, our pagan culture, the norms of our culture, you know. We seem to ingrain into them that, you know, you're boys and you're girls and girls do this and boys do this. It has nothing to do with Islam. I swear, I have been reading the Quran for as long as I remember, since the first time my father taught us, I've been reading the Quran with translation for as long as I can remember. And I swear, not even once have I read any such thing. I have studied the Hadith as much as I could, and I have not, not once read any such Hadith. I don't know where you people come up with all these sayings. I have never read them. Okay? I mean, as you know, our country is very famous. The Indo-Pak subcontinent is very famous for having fabricated a hadith. I think you are aware of that. You know, the reason why we have fabricated a hadith, why we have false hadith, is because of uh, Akbar the Great, who clearly had some problems. I mean, that's the least I can say about him because he was so insane that he created Deen-e-Ilahi, which caused all this mess that we are in, where he tried to mix two religions up in order to, you know, um, set up a sort of a harmony, which was uncalled for. And his son realized that. And that's why his son, the minute he came uh, into the position of being a king, he, he started, you know, just he just laid waste to all that Deen-e-Ilahi stuff, which was right. Because we are right now the product of that. 
believe it or not, like it or not. We have incorporated colonial laws and cultures. We have incorporated our own pagan laws and cultures. And we always seem to prioritize these two because they seem to suit us more than Islam. Because Islam is not a male-dominated religion. It's, it does not uh, embrace a male-dominated society. So the men, you know, when, when after having lived in a male-dominated society, which our pagan culture embraced, and then, you know, um, suddenly colonialism came, and the British, again, they were all male-dominated. And in, the, in fact, in their culture, women were properties. Women were like chattels, you know. So, hey, presto, we're back to being, you know, we're, we're, we've gone back to the Dark Ages. They took us to the Dark Ages. We were progressing forward and we were enlightening the world. The world took all that enlightenment from us and they threw us back to the Dark Ages. And we know it, but we don't care. We sit and we whine about it and we complain about it, but when it actually comes to practicing it, we don't care. We don't practice it. Suddenly, you know, we prioritize our culture and our colonial culture, our pagan culture, and we're like, oh, you know that. And then we we actually have the gall to call it Islam. It's not Islam. Anything that contradicts Islam must be left. Okay, what contradicts Islam? Discrimination. It should be left. What contradicts Islam? Inequality. It should be removed. Again, what contradicts Islam? Violation of human rights, violation of private space. Why haven't we removed them? In Islam, there is a clear view when it comes to sexual harassment and when it comes to rape. A very clear view, and that is it is death, capital punishment. And yet, for some reason, a few scholars got together because they're men, so they decided to change that and issue fatwas where they've decided that, you know, actually in Islam, it depends on the judge to choose a suitable uh, punishment. No, it does not. The Prophet never once changed his punishment. Never once. There was a woman who was, uh, she was traveling and on the way a man suddenly attacked her and he assaulted her. And uh, he ran away and she ran after him screaming and on the way she found two men and she told them what had happened. And then when they found the prophet, um, the woman complained to the prophet and she said that this man attacked me. And then those two men who had met her halfway, they told the prophet that yes, actually when we saw her, she was, she was already yelling and screaming and she told us that she was attacked. The Prophet did not ask them to produce any more witnesses. He did not ask the woman any challenging questions. She did, he did not say, let's go to trial. He found the man and he put him to death. Immediately. But what do we do? We suddenly remembered our colonial rules and we suddenly remembered our pagan culture. And then now we've suddenly thought we're so civilized that we should set up courts where we should ask women embarrassing and challenging questions in order to discredit her or to blame her and to justify the incident against her. Yeah, very civilized of us. I'm so proud of you. So much for you being Muslims. How dare you change the law of Islam? How dare you? When Islam says a man must be put to death for committing rape, 
who are you to issue a fatwa to say that oh, it depends on the judges? It does not depend on the judges. This is a capital punishment crime. The day you begin to justify rape and modify its punishments, it means you will justify murder and modify its punishments. And you actually already have. So yeah, who am I to say that you still have to? I mean, you've already done it. You've done it. So you've just proved my point. Because most of the countries here suddenly have a problem with capital punishment. So they don't have a problem with the fact that somebody is murdered. But suddenly they have an issue that the murderer should have a life and he should not be killed. It's very easy for other people to make such statements. It's very easy. It means you're justifying murder. If you're justifying murder, you're justifying rape, then you will justify theft. You will justify all those things that go against the Ten Commandments. Then, hey, you don't need anything. Why don't you just strip yourself of all religions? Hey, you know what? I prefer the atheist. At least they, they just tell you. You know, they don't believe in any religion. They don't believe in God. That's it. At least they're honest. You're so much better than you people who bring in Christianity or Islam or Judaism, and then you go against these religions as you commit atrocities. In Islam, if you hurt one man, you hurt the whole humankind. If you murder one person, you murder the whole humanity. Because when you commit crimes against other people, you're basically committing crimes against a society. And when you're committing crimes against a society, you're committing crimes against civilization. So you are committing a crime against humanity. The regression of our civilization is simply because in the name of mercy, we have endorsed so many crimes and we are continuing to do so. And we think we're being very civilized about it. We're not. This is actually what barbarism is. When you endorse a crime and call it mercy. So you have just divested a victim of his right to justice when you did not issue the correct punishment against the perpetrator. Be it a rape victim or be it a victim of murder, or be it a victim of assault, be it a victim of any heinous crime. You have just told them that they deserved to be victims. And it starts all from here where we suddenly, you know, we, we, we always seem to very smugly state that, you know, God will judge you even in the grain of sand. He will hold you accountable to things as small as a grain of rice. And then you go ahead and tell people, so what if you lost a few rupees here and there? So what if they stole from you a few rupees? Just a few rupees. Don't be so stingy. Or you'll tell somebody, so what if they, he smacked you? I mean, so what? You're, you know, you must have provoked him. So, so, you know, deal with it. Endure it. Oh, you were raped. You know, you wore too few clothes. Yeah, a newborn baby was raped because a newborn baby came naked into the world, right? A donkey was raped because donkeys don't wear clothes. So yeah, let's blame the donkey. The trees are standing naked. Look at them. Their trunks. Publicly. They're showing their trunks to us publicly. Let's go rape the trees. I mean, seriously? You know? 
Are you bloody insane? I mean, there's so much more I can actually say to you people, but I am sorry. I, I have, I think uh, the problem with people who are rape apologists and rapists and those people who think that it's mercy and civilized to remove capital punishments. Yeah, kudos, man, kudos. Nothing else I can say to you people.